This is an emotional roller coaster. One minute I'm rejoicing, one minute I'm crying, one minute I'm fighting through, one minute I'm giving God praise, one minute I'm in worship. It is an emotional roller coaster. Fasting does a lot to the believer. When we fast, we are dealing with certain things that have held us back for so long. When we fast, we're saying, Lord, I am releasing this to receive this. We become more disciplined. We become sharpened. We can see things clearer. We can hear things clearer. But there's a lot of things that have to die first. So walking with the Lord, and when we begin to mature in our faith, and we take on the banner of fasting and praying, know that it's an emotional roller coaster. But that's all right. Don't feel convicted or bad because you had a moment of like, Lord, I just, I am suffering in this moment. I can't let others see, but inside I am hurting. Because whatever that is that has carried you for so long and whatever that is that has been your savior or your protection or part of your identity for so long is dying. So be on the emotional roller coaster. Go and fast because the word of God tells us some things only come out through prayer and fasting. Let's talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am so excited that you are back. Thank you for coming back to Conquer Me podcast. I'm Jennifer Jefferson, the voice behind this podcast. We talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Jesus. And here's the truth. Developing a relationship with Christ is always rewarding. But please understand there are going to be moments in season where you are feel like you're just sacrificing so much and you're like, Lord, when will it end? When will it come to pass? When will it stop? And I want to just encourage you today, just through my testimony and some things that God has allowed me to go through and some things that I have overcome to let you know that it is okay. There is always joy on the other side. There's always peace on the other side. And sometimes we have to really hold on and search for the little small ray of hope and joy and peace and just tranquility in the moments where things are just kind of chaotic, when things are really, really up and down and really encourage ourselves in the Lord. I was having this moment with God, man, um, earlier today, and it was just, you know, I was praying and I was praying about, you know, God, what is it that you want me to speak about? And I always, the Lord has always given me things in advance to, to really pray and meditate and study his word on. Um, and so I just have like a list of certain topics and scriptures that God has placed on my heart regarding um, what to discuss on this podcast. But this time it was through an experience. It was after I 
dropped my children off, I just felt overwhelmed. I was feeling, feeling overwhelmed. And at the time of this recording, I am fasting. I was just feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling a lot of things. And I'm just like, Lord, feeling frustrated, feeling, I don't know, aggravated and agitated. And so I'm praying. And I just felt this urge, which is the Holy Spirit pulling me to just go to the water. I live in a city where they were, we're just surrounded by a lot of water. And so I'm able to go to the waterfront. It's less than 10 minutes from my house. And so I went to the waterfront. And what was interesting, the moment I got there, it was like my whole attitude just changed because I told my husband, I said, I felt like a little kid because I was seeing how high the tide was. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so high. And so I'm having this whole moment in the car and this childlike joy came over me. This childlike spirit just came over me to where I was just ecstatic about seeing how high the water was. And it was foggy. Normally on a clear day, you're able to see across uh, the water. You see um, the other mountains and there's a lot of, well, it's not really mountains. I, I can't think of what the correct terminology is. But either way, you see a lot of homes on the other side of the water and you're just like, Lord, because it's a big body of water and you just see it. You're like, oh my gosh, look how beautiful those homes are. And I know a lot of those people have boats over there. But this morning it was, it was foggy. The water was high and it was just a different picture. It was a little gray outside, a little windy. And then also it was just a little bit of rain. And I just stood outside. I had some tea and I was standing outside under my umbrella and just feeling the breeze of God. And it was like that frustration and that anger and that, and whatever that was trying to overcome was immediately being washed away by God's glory and how amazed I was just by standing in his wind, feeling his water that's coming down the rain, seeing how amazing nature is and how it changes, being in awe of the Lord. So I'm painting you the picture of this emotional roller coaster. Mind you, 10 minutes before I was frustrated, I was angry. I was bothered. I felt this thing come over me. And because through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, I understand that when you are fasting, and I want people to understand this, if you are not aware of this, when we are fasting, we are uh, far more vulnerable and open to a lot of things. And also we will be under some form of of spiritual attack. So do not ignore the little things that are happening, just kind of chuck it up to, well, this person cut me off and that's why I'm aggravated. Is that why? Or was this a strategic plan within the spirit realm? Where is something that wanted to, that was being, that you're being tested in that moment to say, okay, am I going to stand firm on what God has given me and what I'm trying to overcome through this prayer and fasting? Or is it something I'm a fall back into? Whenever we are praying and we're really getting serious and we're asking God to mature us in our faith, understand that we will be tested. And we talked about, um, and I want you guys to look back in the podcast. I want to say it was last season where we talked about the temptations or the trials and the testing of Jesus when he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And immediately when the fast was over with, there was the enemy there to test him. And so we have to understand that when we are fasting, we are vulnerably weak within our own body. 
because we're naturally out of our routine. We are naturally stopped like myself. I'm going to be honest with you. I am an emotional eater. And I know I'm not the only one who's probably listened to me when we're frustrated or aggravated or even when we're happy, we go to certain foods, right? And so during this fast, all of these emotions are coming up and I cannot turn to my vice. Food. I have to deal with it. I have to bring this under to God. I have to say, God, what is this? Why are you allowing this to come up? What is happening right now? What is it I need to give over to you? And what is it that I need to gain more of you? What areas have I let uh, be void of your presence to where I'm always turning to all these other things instead of you first, right? So when we're on a fast, a lot of stuff comes up. So I want us to be very, very mindful for those who have never done a spiritual fast um, and understand that when you are intentionally trying to do a spiritual fast, it is going to be challenging because your flesh, the human body is always against what the spirit of the Lord says and what the spirit desires. So there's the thing that is our natural man is dying while our spiritual man is really being strengthened during a fast. So I'm on this emotional roller coaster. So as I'm on this emotional roller coaster, so I go from frustrated, feeling slightly bothered by little simple things. Then I'm this child amazed by God's glory because of the weather and how high the tide was. It's not the first time I've seen the tide high, but it was just like, oh my gosh, it's so high. Then I'm standing out there that now I'm in this place of worship. I'm just standing and I'm in awe of the Lord. It's just like, God, you're so amazing how you created all of this. And then the wind started to pick up. It got, it got a little too windy for me. So I said, well, let me get myself back in the car. So, uh, so my umbrella won't fall away. And then all this other type of stuff fly away. So now I'm in the car and as I'm in the car, the Lord led me to a song that I have not heard in a long, long, long time. It is an old gospel song by LaShawn Pace saying, I know I've been changed. And this song is a simple song, but my God, does she sing this song with everything that's in her? And it says, I know I've been changed because the angels in heaven have signed my name. And I just continue to say that it was nothing but the Lord that basically changed me. And as I'm listening to this song, I begin to really feel the spirit of humility fall on me because I'm like, God, you have changed me tremendously. Over the past years, yeah, I can look at myself from when I was early on in my walk with Christ in my late teens and early 20s. But I look at it like, God, just within these past couple of years, that has been a drastic change in how I am moving. I know I am changed. I know I am not the same person. Then it was like, now the Lord was saying, okay, you know that you've been changed. You know that your name is written in Lamb Books of Life. Now, I need you to deal with this emotion. I'm still talking about emotional roller coaster. Mind you, this is all while I'm on a fast. Because at the time of recording this, I'm fasting. The Lord has me on a long fast. Thank you, Jesus. So the third or fourth emotion, I don't know where I am right now, but the third or fourth emotion that popped up was this struggle that I was having within of like, Lord, I am weak. I am hurting. And then the Lord led me to this other song that um, ah, is by a uh, Baptist choir. And it says, 
uh, just stretch out. And the lyrics keep saying, when trials come, when things are happening, learn to hold on and stretch out. So in the very moment I was holding on, I was just holding on to every bit of mustard seed faith that I have. The song that one another song that kept coming to me was from um, the Prince of e- the Prince of Egypt. I don't know if you, any of you guys remember that. It's a Disney film that came out years and years and years ago, and it was about Moses and the children of Israel being freed and let go. And one of the lyrics uh, says, "It's a song. It says, though hope is frail, it's hard to kill.' So I've been holding on to every bit of hope, holding on to every bit of strand of faith and the faith that I have is not in me, but it's in Christ Jesus. So I'm like, God, I'm holding on to you. I am weak in this moment. I am being beat up. It feels like on every side by the enemy, I am being tempted by the enemy. Lord, I need you to help me right now. And I just begin to weep. When I say the tears were flowing, I'm talking about flowing. The tears came out like something died. But something did die. When we fast and pray, we have to know that we need to expect death. And I'm not saying death in the natural sense, like someone in your life will pass, but something in you will die. Something in you will say, you have to let this go. Because it is a war. Galatians 5, 17 says this. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. When we go on a fast. We are literally holding our thoughts and our desires and we're holding everything under subjection under Jesus Christ. You're saying, no, you can't go there. No, you can't do that. No, you can't eat this. No, you can't think about this. It's like everything you become so sensitive and aware of because you realize that the flesh is going to lust after things that are against the spirit of God. Then you have to remind yourself, I'm on this fast because I want more of his spirit. I want his will. I want to do the things he's called me to do. Now, there are people to where they would just fast and pray on a regular. It just become a fasted state of person. For myself, I would say 95% of the fast that I have ever done throughout my walk with Christ has been spirit led. Because I'm going to be real with you. If I just say, you know what, I'm a fast tomorrow from this and this, it ain't enough for me to hold myself to it. I have to hear the Lord tell me, Jennifer, you got to go on a fast because it goes beyond me. Because see, I battle with, okay, am I just doing this fast to kind of manipulate some things, to make some things happen? And we do understand that the scripture does tell us in Matthew 17 and 21. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So this particular scripture, Jesus was talking to the disciples about a demon. 
The demons asked, I mean, the disciples asked, Lord, why couldn't we have cast out this demon? And before this, this is when Jesus talks about having faith the size of a mustard seed. And I, what's interesting, as I was doing more studying about this faith of the size of mustard seeds a couple of weeks ago, um, during my studies, I realized it was actually a common phrase within the time of the disciples and Jesus. Certain little phrases, you got to have faith of a size of a mustard seed, just like how we have certain phrases today. But so the thing was, it wasn't necessarily about the the size, but it's also about the the, the quality of our faith. Because my faith is not in me. My faith is in Christ. So this is why I know when I go on a fast, and I'm just telling me for myself, I know people who will go on a fast because they're spirit led or they go on a fast because they just want to. They're like, God, I just want to get closer to you. So I want to go on a fast. And I, hey, both ways work. Don't go out in these streets trying to create laws about which way and that way. Don't do that. I'm just telling you what my testimony is. Because I've realized if it's just me telling myself to go on a fast, most likely I won't hold myself to it. But if I know in, that the Holy Spirit has called me on a fast, I'm going to stick with it because it goes beyond me. Because it's like, okay, Lord, you have said this to me and I need to walk this walk and I need to hold on. And so Holy Spirit, please guide me in this. God, my flesh is dying. And when we say our flesh is dying, that means our wants, our desires are dying. What we want to do is dying. And that is hard. Because I believe it was Paul who said this in 1 Corinthians 15 and 31. The scripture reads, I affirm by the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die daily. What does that mean? I die daily. I am submitting myself to the will of the Lord on a daily basis. You know, the apostle was not saying that he physically died every day. His flesh had to be submitted to the Lord every day. And truthfully, I know for myself, in order for me to walk like that, there's going to be some seasons where I have to do prayer and fasting. Remember, we just read what Jesus said. Some things come out through prayer and fasting. There are some spirits and some things that are so on you, some mentalities, some habits that are locked in and they're on you so hard. You have to pray and fast. You're like, Lord, I believe, but just like, no, what are you willing to sacrifice? Because I promise you, when you start fasting, that emotional roller coaster will start. You will start to see, Lord, I have been far, do, far too dependent on this mentality or this habit or this vice. I have allowed this to become an idol. I have allowed this to become something to where I follow it instead of following your voice. When you're looking at your life and you're like, Lord, why aren't certain things happening? The question is, first, have you prayed and fasted about it? Some of you, you need to go and ask the Lord, like, Lord, do I need to go on a fast? And then if the Lord says yes, then you need to ask the question, what type of fast? Lord, show me to your scripture what fast that you're calling me on. How do you do it? How long? Because some of it, it just may be the Lord may say, hey, don't eat until uh, four o'clock. 
And during that time, and it may just be a day fast. And I don't want anyone to feel like because maybe they're doing a shorter fast versus some who are doing a longer fast that you are somewhere, somewhere, somehow out of line. God calls different people on different fasts for various reasons. So I want you to get very locked in on what God is saying for you on what you are supposed to fast from. And here's the thing. Some of us is not fasting from food. Some of it is fasting from social media. So uh, it might be fasting from certain people, fasting from music, habit. Like there's a lot of things that God is saying. I need you to get that, get that up because you need to see some things because it's clouding your vision way too much. It's clouding your vision. You can't see or hear me. You are not understanding the power that God has for you and the power that he is because so many things are clouding your vision and is, and is really filtering your hearing. Some things only come out through prayer and fasting. Some things are only removed. That's what Jesus was telling the disciples. Some things will only be removed through prayer and fasting. And here's the thing, before that, Jesus already commanded the disciples that they will go ahead and preach the word of God and they will cast out demons and all these other types of things. So they've already been doing this stuff. But then they were like, God, wait a minute. We hit something that we didn't know about. We've hit something that was not moving on what we've said or what was working. They hit a wall. God, I, I wait a minute, God, we've casted out demons before. So why isn't it working now? We've done this and this and this and this, but why isn't it working out? And so you may need to ask yourself that question. Maybe that's where you're in that cycle of, God, I've done this before, but it's not working. And I'm going to repeat it again. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And that's Matthew 17 and 21. And I'm reading the New King James Version because not all versions have this, which is unfortunate because fasting is such a huge part of us as believers. And we cannot lay down this powerful tool that God has given us that allows us to be disciplined, that allows us to hear his spirit clearer, that allows us to feel his presence clearer. And what's interesting, going back to the emotional roller coaster, as I was in my car, crying out to the Lord and saying, God, this is hard. This is challenging. God, this fast is kicking my butt. And what's interesting, it wasn't that I had, I wasn't able to eat or eat certain foods anymore, but it was just so much about how I just constantly felt like this layer of the old me coming off. And you feel it and it's challenging and it's hard. And I was crying and I just kept saying, Lord, be with me, strengthen me because I knew I was in his will. So I did not want to say, God, why? Or God, this hurts. All this type of stuff. Well, there's nothing wrong with saying why it hurt, but I'm just saying for me, I was in the position where I was like, I already knew why I needed to come off because where God has taken me, that had to come off. So I just kept praying, God, be with me. I need you to be my strength at that moment. And I heard the voice of the Lord say so clearly. I am with you. Now, here's the thing. I understand through my relationship with Christ and first of all, through the word of God, that God is always with us. Always with us. But there are moments when even in walking in his will, 
our mind and our flesh is so weak. Where we have to call on God to be our strength in that moment. And that is how God wants us to be. He wants us to constantly cast our cares upon him. He wants us to say, Lord, in this moment, I need your grace to be sufficient. He wants us to be like how David said, though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. So it's like, God, I know what you are doing, but in this moment, I'm weak. This thing is getting loud. These feelings are getting stronger. Be my strength in this moment. And because God is who he is, he is so loving and compassionate. And he never leaves us nor forsakes us. We can hear in a still small voice, I am with you. Just like one of the scripture says, lo, I am with you. There's several times in the Bible where God just keeps telling us he is with us. And as quickly as that, I heard that the Lord told me to switch songs. I'm like, so here we go. Another roller coaster. The Lord said, find a song of victory. And what's interesting, I want us to know that God can minister to us in so many different ways. I encourage us often, often on this podcast to be students of the word of God, because when we know his scripture, we know his voice. When we spend time with him through prayer and fasting and then also studying, we can feel his shift in his understanding. So God immediately moved me and he said, now get to a point of victory. I need you to hear songs as a point of victory. And then I went to a song that I I forgot about and is uh, by a pastor. I cannot think of her name, but it was a clip that went viral where after she preached, she just started singing a song um, and she calls it your E320 season. And it's based off of Ephesians 320. And I want to encourage somebody with this passage of scripture. Ephesians 3, 14 and 20 through 21 says this. And I'm reading the new King James version. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Lord for our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Remember, I just talked about how I was crying out, God, I need your strength. I need you in this moment. I'm on this fast. This fast is kicking my tail. The old Jennifer is dying and an old girl is, I feel it. It's like a rip. Verse 17 says this, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love and may be able to comprehend all the saints, which is in width and length and depths of height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20 says this now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we may ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And now to him who was able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Let me tell you, when she was singing that song over and over and over, God just gave her like a praise break song. And she just kept saying he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you may ask or think. 
when we get in the position where we are willing to sacrifice everything, anything, even things that don't seem harmful, but when the Holy Spirit exposes it as it is a weight or something that has been stuck, it is like a wall in your life. You're saying, God, I need the love of you to be so deeply rooted in me and grounded in me. And it grows down so that I have power to understand you. But that comes through prayer and fasting. That comes through spending time with him. Because the truth is, the only reason that, the, that I was able to understand the shifts and how quickly he was able to allow me to see these frustrations, because I started off with frustrated, then I went to casting my cares upon him, that scripture. Then I went to having this joy like child experience. And so what did Jesus say? That we should come to him as children. So now it's like I'm this child and I'm in awe of God. Then I moved to the emotion of being in awe of God and I'm recognizing him and his power and his glory. Then the Holy Spirit said, I need you to know and be affirmed that I have solidified you in my spirit by the blood of Jesus through that first song. I know I've been changed. Then I know, okay, God, I know that I have been solidified. I know that I'm rooted in you. Now he moved me into where I can cast everything over because I had to release and release any doubts and fortify my mind from any form of doubt by the Lord saying, you are within me. You are mine. And so now it's like, God, you're, I am yours. So God, help me in this moment. My flesh is weak. I know I'm on this path that you've called me on, but I'm in it. And then the Holy Spirit quickly moved me into a place of victory. Discernment is something that comes along as we spend time with him. But most of all, as we seek his wisdom. Wisdom that can only come from God. Wisdom that is not man's wisdom. When I say man's wisdom, I'm talking about human wisdom. But a wisdom that is pure. Wisdom that comes from above. Wisdom that it can only be experienced because of God himself. Our discernment, it comes from wisdom. The Bible says this, he who keeps, and this is Ecclesiastes 8 and 5, he who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful. And a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. We know that God's timing is not our timing. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So it's a time and season and judgment and the process and procedures in which God allows us to discern. But it's through the Holy Spirit. It is through asking for God's wisdom, which the word of God tells us that he will give it, give it to us freely. If you go back and read and talking about um, Solomon, King Solomon and what he desired. He desires that the Lord give him knowledge and wisdom on how to go in and out of his people so that he can do what he's that he was called to do according to God's will. And I'm paraphrasing. But because Solomon asked for the wisdom of God, God began to give him promises 
that no other person would be able to match and succeed in. They will call him wise. They will have an immense amount of wealth and all these things. So when you want to learn about wisdom, I'm going to tell you this, go to uh, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Start there. Know what wisdom is saying. Know what wisdom is saying. The Bible says this in Proverbs 9 and 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So when the Bible says about fear, specifically within this uh, this scripture, it is not fear as in being afraid, but it's about reverence. So let's go back to the emotional roller coaster that the Lord had me on. I'm standing in awe, looking at the body of water and fog and rain and wind, and I'm feeling all these things. I said, Lord, you created all of this. When's the last time you were in just an awe of God? I dare you just to go out at night. If you can, because, you know, I don't know what your city looks like. (laughs) But if you can see the stars in sky. If you can see how many are out there. Let your imagination go like a child. And be in awe of what God has created. And I want you to hold on to that feeling because sometimes we find reverence and praise for the things that God has done for us, specifically in our own lives. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I want us to go beyond ourselves. Look at the how the trees in your area just sway or look at how the animals and how they move like, God, you created each and every one of this. We are still discovering galaxies far away. But God spoke that into existence in the beginning of time. We are still trying to understand the fullness of science and fullness of God. We really can't. But how we become in awe of him. We're just a mere thought of what he has done. Not just for our lives but it be in awe of his power. That's the fear of the Lord, the reverence of who he is. So it tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you're like, Jen, I want to have wisdom. You need to reverence him for who he is, his character. Be in awe of what he has created. I love to people watch. And to see how different we are as humans. There are times when the Lord allowed me to go to different churches. You know, I was still a member and I, uh, at a specific church. And I told my pastor and first lady, just let him know God is going to have me to go to different churches. And I just loved going to these different churches and seeing how people worship God differently. How they spoke of his goodness differently. What was maybe a part of their culture that I was not familiar with. I'm like, but God, you created all of these people. There's billions of people on this earth and we're all so different, but yet we have a piece of God. His breath is in each and every one of us, even if we don't recognize him. Even if we do not give him glory and honor and people don't praise God unknowingly, there's the God's breath is in each and every one of us. To be in awe of that. 
That's the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One, the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of the Holy Spirit is uh, is understanding. This is when relationship and studying and praying and fasting come into place where we remove all of ourselves and want to say, God, I want to learn more of you. Help me to understand you better. God is really desiring his children. One thing that's been on me lately is a level of intimacy and worship that God is desiring for his children. But it has to be a level of sacrifice, which I know is not very popular in a lot of messages. It's more so about, well, God's going to give this to you, but what are you willing to exchange? What are you willing to let go? so that you can be in the will of the Lord. So you can experience the fullness of God. What is the measure of faith that he has for you? Have you truly stepped into that? Or are you still holding on to things that are of the past? Because yes, we have to let go of the old wine skin so that the new thing can come in. We have to let go of the old man the old person, so that we can be renewed in Christ Jesus. But remember, some things come out through prayer and fasting. And it is an emotional roller coaster. And it is. I know sometimes we make it seem like you're just on this is euphoric and you're on this high. And, and I promise you, there are moments to where I'm just like, it's myself and the Lord and I feel his presence so heavily and I'm in deep worship and all that type of stuff. Yes. And then the very next day, I want to fight. I want to give up. I want to, it's like, I'm just, because I have to let go. Have we ever thought about what that looked like when Jesus was in the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights, fasting? I know I personally have not been in any type of wilderness at night. I know I have just been in um, not even a real forest. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe some densely densely populated with trees type of situation where I was like, oh, God, this is I don't like this. You know, the pathway isn't smooth. You feel in all these rocks and tree roots are high and bugs are everywhere. And it's just I'm just like, oh, it's uncomfortable. I don't like this. I don't like this. In the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights. What was his emotional response? We don't know what every day was like. We don't know what every second was like. But he held on to the Holy Spirit and asked the Holy Spirit to guide him. Yes, God was, Jesus was fully man and fully God, but we have to remember that human side of him what he was sacrificing, what he was dealing with emotionally during that time. This is why I say, hey, you will go through an emotional roller coaster, but it's about being steadfast and unmovable. It is about being led by the Holy Spirit and listening to his voice so you can discern his spirit on when to move. Because I'm going to be honest with you, 
as I was crying and weeping and I was asking the Lord to strengthen me, I felt his strength and I kept weeping and the tears were so purifying where I did not want to move out of that position. But the Holy Spirit said, no, get up. You need to move into victory. But the, but when we are in, in tune with God, we understand how important it is to move quickly. There are so many times throughout the Bible when maybe they were mourning something or they were living a life of a certain life way in a certain style. And the Lord said, no, now it's time to go. And they have to move immediately. That's my prayer. That you become someone who is not running away from fasting. That you embrace it. And that during your fast, you seek the wisdom of God. You seek his discernment. That you become so in tune with the Holy Spirit. Whereas the waves of emotions come and go, you understand that you are still in the master's hands. That you understand that his ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. So while I was feeling all types of ways because I was going from here to here, blah, blah, blah. It was like, as I look back, I said, God, you were guiding me throughout the entire process. So I don't feel convicted. I don't feel weird because I got emotional. I don't feel weird because I got frustrated. I don't feel weird because I felt weak in the moment because I know my God is with me at all times. I don't have to stay in things longer than what, than what he has graced me to. I can get up and get, get out. I can move that quickly within the Lord, but that comes from having a relationship with him that goes beyond our comfort. Fasting will kill your comfort on every level. It will. It will expose you to yourself. In prayer, the Lord will reveal some things to you. And I pray that you have a journal, that you write this stuff down so that when you have moments years down the line or even months down the line where the Lord can bring you back so you can see what he has done and you can see the growth. Because we do, we forget where we were in God. We do. Oh, I forget I was that frustrated during that season in time. I forgot how how bad things were for me mentally. But God, I see you. So now when we have these reminders, we can see the glory of God, but also we can show compassion to others. We can show compassion to others and we can say, you know what, brother, sister, I've been through that. God, if it's your will, let me walk with them. If it is your will, let me let me go ahead and send them an encouraging word. Lord, give me the words to pray over them so that just as you have strengthened me and I held fast to you, Lord Jesus, help me to encourage them so they can hold fast to you. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. Be on the emotional roller coaster. Be on the emotional roller coaster. Stop denying the ups and downs of this walk in life, this walk with Christ, because it's a part of it. But it's holding on still of knowing when God is shifting us out of certain emotions, certain seasons. Do not stay there longer than what God has called you to and what he has graced you to. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time and season for everything under the sun. Time and season for everything under the sun. 
And it goes into there's a time for mourning and a time for laughter. There's a time for joy and a time for sadness. It goes through all these different emotions, all these different things from war to victory, all these different things. It tells us there is a time and a season for everything under the sun. And hear me and hear me clearly. Your time and season is not your understanding of time and season, but it's about God's understanding and his word of time and season. Your time and season, a time to mourn may only be two seconds, five minutes. Somebody else would be like, well, you need to stay in that longer for you to really feel it. You better kill that. The Holy Spirit telling you to get up out of it. You better get out of it right now. Remember, some things only come out through prayer and fasting. I pray that you have received something today. And for some of us who are listening, I feel like this is a confirmation. You've been kind of avoiding fasting. Not kind of, you've been avoiding fasting, okay? (laughs) And I get it because it's sacrifice. My prayer is right now that God, you strengthen those that you have called to go on a fast. Whatever that fast looks like, God, bring clarity to them. And also bring them assurance through your word that they are on the right path. Let them seek after wise counsel who will tell them and guide them on what to do and how to do it. Let them know that they need to pray as they are fasting. Their prayer life will increase. Their study life will increase. They will not be able to have certain conversations with certain people. Maybe they need to tell some people, hey, I'm fasting for a certain amount of time, so my phone is going to be on do not disturb. Hey, I can't make, let, allow them to have peace and let them understand, have that conversation with their families and their loved ones and say, hey, this is what's going on. It is not to boast or to find sympathy, but it's to let everyone know this is where I am. And those in their circle who are willing to pray for them, God, give them the strength and the encouragement and the will to pray for them. Just like how you allowed for my pastor to openly pray for me during this fast. I was not anticipating, Lord, but it was needed. And I can honestly say I'm filling the prayers of your children who know me that are praying for me as I'm going through this fast. I'm receiving text messages. Let that be for those who are about to go on a fast. That's really going to challenge them in their faith. That's really going to challenge them and where they are. But know that they can hold on to what Ephesians 3 and 20 says that you will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we may ask or think. Whenever we go through a place of uh, fasting and praying, that you are releasing us from something and you are giving us more that we may ask or think. You are that amazing. God, we thank you and we praise you for every person that has heard this. And I pray that it is solidified and it grows deep within their hearts. Like your love, can grow deep within our hearts and let it mature us as believers. And God, anyone who is listening and they want to know you personally, they may not know you as their savior. God, I ask that you allow them to repeat after me, Lord, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you rose and died for my sins. Please forgive me of my sin. Thank you for being my savior and my friend. In the name of Jesus, we pray. If you have said that, you are saved. We are rejoicing. We are so excited that you are in the kingdom. Please find a church home, a good Bible study, small groups, whatever. There's a lot of ways where you can connect with people and be patient with people. 
because it may take some time to find a church home and that is okay. But I want you to be where God has called you to be. I pray that we continue to grow in God and we become his students that he has called us to be in his, in his children. And let us not run away from fasting and praying because it's, it's hard and it's a sacrifice. But we know in order for us to be like Christ, we will have to sacrifice some things. The Bible talks about laying down our lives so that we may gain his and so that we can pick up our cross and follow him. I love you all. And I pray that you all have an amazing week and I speak to you next week. <music>